Today's program was made possible by the generous prayer and support of the faithful friends and partners of this ministry. Visit our new website at Sheila.media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this Thursday, June 21st, 2018 edition. I am wrapping up this show, and I'm on the road to Spokane, Washington. I'm going to be at the Red Pill Expo. I was invited by the conference organizers to go out to that, so I am going to be doing that. I'm off for the rest of the week, but I am going to be working on, I know it's a highly anticipated show with Dr. Erica Shepard that is done, and I plan on doing some editing in the evenings when I'm out in Spokane, bringing my one computer with me. So it's going to be done for Monday, so you can anticipate Monday is going to be a very powerful show with Dr. Erica Shepard. Well, speaking of very powerful shows, I really wanted to have this guest on because I thought it was so timely because he's one of my favorite pastors. And not only does he have this incredible book, I thought was, this is just a topic no one touched. Who better to weigh in for the rights of the unborn? Plus, he's just politically brilliant and everything else. And with all this stuff going on with the Democrats, I thought, wow, I cannot wait to get Pastor Stephen Broden back on my show from Dallas, Texas. This guy's a sharp cookie, and I can't wait to touch on this incredible little book that he wrote. I thought, wow, this is so powerful. What a powerful topic. And I'm just really super excited to have him back on the program. You were long overdue, Pastor Broden. Welcome to the program, sir. Well, it's a pleasure to be back with you. Every time I'm on your show, something good happens. Well, good. Hopefully this one's no exception. Well, listen, I really want to get into the book. But before that, the very first thing I want to talk about right out of the gate, we all know this, the Democrats, the children, the children, because come on, you know this, Stephen, the children, they're the number one priority for these Democrats. I I get a kick out of that. I mean, Democrats suddenly care about kids, really? The same crew that doesn't mind ripping babies out of the womb, they don't want to rip babies out of their mother's arms. Every political hack and ungodly liberal degenerate in Hollywood crying, the children, the children, no problem with the butchering babies or their pedophile friends and the ungodly debauchery that goes on in their circles. But all of a sudden, they're really concerned about the children. And this takes the cake too, Stephen, and I can't wait to get your, your thoughts on this. So get this, this morning I'm listening to this hack. I don't know how I ran across this clip on CNN, and this guy is quoting Bible scripture. These ungodly degenerates that want nothing to do with God or the Bible, certainly not the contents, they're going to lecture us on Bible scripture, really? Who can stomach this barf bag fest. These cherry-picking hypocritical vipers, they butcher babies, they deride and utter death threats to a sitting president. Look at even recently Jim Carrey. I mean, he's got nothing on Kathy the Peter Pan lookalike Griffin. I mean, this guy actually said that he fantasizes about beating Trump to death with a golf club. We won't even get into Robert De Niro's antics. Like, we care what these Hollywood minions think is, is, I guess, the one part of it. But it's like, you know what? Shut it, shill. I say, let's make De Niro and Jim Carrey and Kathy Griffin the Dixie chicks of, of unholywood. But here's the thing. And then Hillary Clinton weighs in on a tweet 
if that doesn't take the cake, really, Bill and Hillary are so concerned about children? Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Clinton, yes. You're such a shining beacon of light of the children, yes. I got two words for you. Lolita Express. I'll leave it at that. Oh, absolutely. When we as a culture have uh, witnessed the Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry sell baby parts in the public square for profit, selling them for scientific research, killing babies, snatching them out of their mother's womb, and then we have these same people who, for political reasons only, are bringing attention to this uh, tragedy that's taking place down at the border. However, we must recognize that This whole idea, this whole conversation has been politicized for one reason, to try to strike at the president and to position themselves for a favorable result in November. I think it's going to backfire on them because most Americans recognize that Planned Parenthood and its pronouncements concerning how unfair it is for these kids to be separated from their parents is the very organization that is pushing this pro-death agenda into our culture and onto our children. Isn't it interesting that the Democratic Party that's screaming now about family is responsible for the kind of programs and policies that have destroyed the black family in America? At the end of this year, 4,000 black children will be separated from their mothers because their mothers have engaged in some criminal activity and they're from single-parent households and those children will be snatched from their mothers and their mothers will go in jail and those kids will go into homes of strangers. And who knows what's going on? We hear nothing from the Democratic Party as it relates that 4,000 black children at the end of the year will be separated from their mothers. And you don't hear a word. And here we have illegal aliens who are breaking the law, crossing the line, sometimes not even with their own children, with other children and bringing them across the, the border in order to come into our country and to sequester themselves into the, the public square and hide. Uh, It it is a lesson for us to pay attention to this because what we're seeing is a deliberate attempt to manipulate public opinion. And they're using all the methods and all the the possibilities that they have in their quiver. They're bringing out fake news. They're bringing out false prophets who hate God and quote God's scripture. And we as Christians and we as, as those who are paying attention to what's going on in our culture at this time must recognize that this is a deliberate engineering to manipulate the culture and to manipulate us to support an idea, a doctrine, a policy that is antithetical to the rule of law in America. It's manipulation. I I tell you, I I see it very clearly. I hope most Americans see it, and and it will be through programs like yours that bring this to the attention of your listeners, that this is not real, it's fake, and it's a deliberate attempt to manipulate you and to maneuver you into an ideology or philosophy that is contradictory to the very founding principles that made this nation great. Yeah, well said, well said. I don't know if you saw this, Stephen, but Maxine Waters just today, this is uh, up at the Hill, thanks members of Sessions Church for writing immigration policy concerns. And this is what she says. Thank you to the 640 UM church members for bringing charges against A.G. Jeff Sessions for his immoral attack on families and, and children in the name of the Bible. Really? And then this degenerate goes on to say, this is Waters, separating children from their parents demands an investigation by the church. Kick him out in the name of the Lord. I mean, are you 
Seriously kidding me. You know, it, it. this reminds me back when, I don't know if you saw this, Stephen, when the Black Caucus was sitting there when Trump was talking about record numbers in, in black employment. I, and I just think, as a black man, you must be so embarrassed. But here's these expressionless, motionless den of Democrats. And it's just like the Crip Keeper Five in that front row. You know, they wouldn't even crack a smile. It's just like a bunch of zombified, coffin-dodging, crypt-keepers of the motionless order. It was just really bizarro. But, but, you know, when it comes to Trump, the one thing that all these ungodly heathens, the one thing they all have in common is they're all triggered by this guy. That ought to give us a clue, huh? I tell you what, uh, Donald Trump has really changed the dynamic and the conversation within the community. And, and this is the first time that we are evaluating what our allegiance to the Democratic Party has gotten us over the last 54 years since the signing of the uh, civil rights legislation in 1964 to where we are today. Not much has changed. And uh, when we look at the dream of Dr. Martin Luther King, we see a dream that has been deferred and that uh, has not uh, produced at all what was uh, anticipated when we signed the the civil rights legislation back in 1964. So there may be some in the community who are ideologues who have bought in hook, line, and sinker to the progressive exploitation of our community. But there are too many of us who are given an honest evaluation and saying this has produced nothing for us and we need to make a change. Yeah, and not the hope and change Obama promised. You know, it's funny, I did this meme and you got to picture this. So there's L. Charlatan Sharpton in one corner. There's Jesse the Hack Jackson. You got these pair of clowns. And I actually think I did have Obama in the picture as well. And then I have on the one side, Martin Luther King Jr. talking to these buffoons. It says, I have a dream but you freaks turned it into a nightmare. That's the truth. Right. Well, the, the Al Sharptons and Jesse Jacksons of the world are those who have sold us out, who took a bite of the apple and have left uh, our concerns and our issues for their own personal aggrandizement and for their own personal advancement to the negation of the issues that are most important in our community. They just sort of left them behind and advanced their own personal uh, agendas. That's what's happened here. They sold us out. Uh, They may have gotten into the struggle for the right reason, and they struggled with us, alongside of us, but uh, eventually they got bought off and money and status and position became their ambition and not the altruistic move to make things different in our community. That is not only true for Jesse Jackson, that's also true for all of those who are called, quote unquote, the Congressional Black Caucus, Maxine Waters, Barbara Lee, you name them. They have all sold out to a platform that has negated the best interest of our community. When we look at where we are today, it's it's not that much different from where it was in 1964. The job situation, economic development, education of our children, helping them to to be prepared for a 21st century economy is just not happening. And we have unemployment that's through the roof. We have black families that are disintegrating 80%, upwards to 80% of the black families are female-headed households. Dependency upon government is through the roof. And then there's no wealth creation within our community. And a lot of that I lay at the feet of our black leaders who have sold us out for the progressive ideology and the progressive agenda. And their agenda is not 
supporting the best interests of our community. Their agenda is to undermine the Constitution, flip this nation into a globalist agenda, rob us of our liberties, and put us on their plantation, the socialist plantation of a new world order. Well, and don't you find it ironic, though? This is what gets me. Most black Americans, they they really are convinced that the, the Republican Party is this raging, rabid, racist organization, totally indifferent. But when you look at the history of the Democratic Party, we're talking KKK roots. I mean, is that amazing to you? Well, it, it is, but we have to analyze as to why that's the case. When you see the party of KKK, the party of Jim Crowism, the party of a hundred years of lynching, the party that has robbed us of our voting rights, all of that. You know, how in the world did we find ourselves voting for the party who hated us? And if, if you take a look at it, it, it was by design. It's a technique. It is a, a deliberate effort on the part of the liberal left and the progressive movement to lie and deceive. You know, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. Well, we've got captivated. And what's going on is this, is that the narrative about who the Republican Party is, is articulated and messaged by the Democrats. So all that the black community knows about the Republican Party is that which is being defined to them through the mouthpiece of the Democratic Party. And that's unfortunate, but that I also lay some of the blame at the Republican Party because they have given up on the black community. They, they have allowed the Democrats to define who they are without them countering it and providing their own narrative in the community. And to their shame, today they still don't do it. It took Donald Trump coming and speaking for the first time as a Republican presidential candidate, specifically to the black community, and said to them, if you remember this, he said, you have done poor economically under the Democratic Party, your families are falling apart under the Democratic Party, your communities are in shambles because of the Democratic Party. He says, I got one question to ask you. What do you have to lose? Then he asked it again. He said, what in the hell do you have to lose? You might as well vote for Trump. And, and the truth be told, that's what happened. Many black, it was a gender divide in our community. Black men crossed over and voted for uh, Donald Trump. The females didn't, not in numbers like, that they should have. But that divide is still in, existing right, in existence right now. Black men are coming over because they believe in what Donald Trump said and that his track record thus far is undeniable. The unemployment rate in the black community is down lower than it has been in the last 20 plus years. Donald Trump did that. And when you see economic things change within the community, that's the open gate for other changes in our community. And I think if we get this book out, and my book is a part of the dialogue and the conversation that's happening, the discourse in our community is happening right now, and Pawns of Change is facilitating that. We're upwards now to about 1,000 books sold, to about 1,000 books. Wow. And the book has been out since February, and we're not using conventional marketing techniques. Uh, We're doing it by sending people to throughpeople.com. That's throughpeople.com to buy the book. And then I go out and speak all over the country. When I go out and speak, I sell books. And we're pressing towards a a thousand, and that's that's a a wonderful thing. We need to do ten thousand, truth be told, and get the book up and out, and let conversation begin. Because that's what has been absent in our community. We have been sort of going along and getting along, 
and voting for Democrats because it's a black candidate. Well, the black candidates that we're voting for have sold us out, and they're pushing the platform, which is anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-morality, and we're voting for these people, although we don't believe in same-sex marriage. We don't believe in gender neutrality, and we certainly don't believe in euthanasia, mercy killing. All of that is inside the platform of the Democratic Party, and we vote for them. But if you ask a black person on the, on the street, are you for same-sex marriage? No. Are you for gender neutrality? No. Are you for mercy killing of old folks? No. Well, then why are you voting for Democrats? Yeah. Because of the, uh, of the fat cat Republicans, they don't care nothing about us. Well, that's not true, but what you're voting for with the Democrats, you're voting for your own demise and a moral depravity that is ruining our nation. Yeah, and that really is the party of moral depravity, isn't it? The liberals. But, you know, when you have these young, strong American conservative commentators and activists, especially pro-Trumpers who criticize Black Lives Matter, like the Candace Owens, even Kanye West, I'll tell you what, if they're conservative, they're relegated to the depths of the damned. And, and I think those are the nice ones. Oh, well, that, that's true. But uh, here's what's not being reported is that there are as many as those who are against them, there are as many who are for them. But you'll never hear about it because the media does not want that narrative to catch hold in the community because they know if the needle in the black community moves 10 to 15 percent, all blue states will turn red and the Democratic Party will be dead in America, just 20 percent. And that's why it's almost insanity for the Republican Party not to make the investment in engagement and reaching out to the black community. It's almost insanity. And, and you saw in my book, in my last chapter, I said the biggest blunder, political blunder of all time is the Republican Party not investing time, talent and treasure in recruiting blacks to the Republican Party. Yeah, because how'd that work out with the Democratic Party and their Democratic demagogue himself, Mr. Community Activist? Oh, is it Community Agitator is more like it? I mean, this guy, Mr. Hope and Change. Oh, yeah, he also popped his head out on social media to say how, you know, Trump should just be ashamed of himself. He slammed Trump earlier today for the whole family separation policy is so immoral. This coming from the moral guru himself the epitome of morality, Mr. Hope and Change. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we didn't ask the question, change for what? Yeah. Why should we change? That question was not asked. But I, I got to tell you, yeah, it, it, what happened was that it was a, a novel thing for a black man to become president. And we, as a community, we were proud. I mean, it was, pro it was not about what he believed. It's not about what he was about. It was about the fact that he was black. And we rallied behind him. I didn't. I didn't vote for him either time because I saw who he was. I saw exactly who he was. He was a progressive communist. And when he said, you know, that I'm fully in support of Planned Parenthood and I will go on the offense for them, I knew right then that this man was not the black man that we should be supporting. But you couldn't tell a black person that at the first time around. You couldn't tell them that because they were just too proud. And I, I went in the doghouse behind that, lost members of my church behind that. It was a tough four years when he first became president. Then he got elected again. I said, I couldn't believe. I could not believe he was reelected. That Americans put him back in office after he had four years of literally destroying our nation, causing a polarization, a divide, a contentiousness. And guess what? That contentiousness and polarization still exists today. We are a nation divided. And a lot of that started out of his administration. 
uh, you know what's amazing to me, Stephen, and I mean, I just find this incredible that these Black Lives Matters, the, all this ilk that says, oh, yeah, we are the face of the black people of America. You got Antifa groups that are joining up with those kind of groups and all these sort of militant groups that are just sowing the derision, the division, the discord. And this is supposed to be the face of black America? Yeah, I don't think so. But the point is, is that this is stunning what we are seeing promulgated in the fake news. Absolutely stunning. It's breathtaking as to what's going on. But a lot of Black Lives Matter, they do not represent how black Americans feel. But you would never know that because the left-leaning media amplifies their voice, makes them seem larger than they are, when many blacks are distancing themselves from them. I'm talking about the average American, black American. They distance the radicals, okay, the radicals, and some of the millennials are, are running behind them. But most of that protestation, as you well know, is bought and paid for by George Soros, who is on a mission to destroy America. That's his mission. And he will use, as Saul Linsky said in his book, Rules for Radicals, we organize for power and use the poor as a battering ram against the system. That's what they're doing. They don't care a rat's behind about unemployment in the black community. They don't care that our families are disintegrating and that black men are being arrested and, and incarcerated at an alarming rate. They don't care anything about that. All they care about is using blacks to achieve their agenda, and their agenda is to destroy America. Well, apparently, most black people don't understand the history of the Democratic Party, because if they did, boy, oh boy. I mean, you look at all the KKK members in the United States, white supremacy, white nationalism, anti-immigration. That's right. Welcome to the Democratic Party. And let's not forget another Democratic leader that got the Margaret Sanger Award. Margaret Sanger, as in the founder of Planned Parenthood, a big champion of Democrats, highly regarded by them. What did she say? What was her campaign for birth control? Wasn't just eugenics. She had a strategy called the Negro Project. Have a look into that black community. These are people involved in the party that they love so much. What's wrong with that picture, Stephen? <laughs> well, it's the best kept secret in the black community. We need to get information. I started a group called the National Black Pro-Life Coalition, a coalition of African-American groups from around the country who are pro-life. And our mission statement is to inform, educate, and activate. Information asks and answers the question, what's going on here? And what's happening is that the abortion rate in the black community has gotten to the point where there are more abortions than there are live births in New York, in Philadelphia, and in Washington, D.C. The numbers have gone upside down. There's more abortions than there are live births. Education asks and asks the question, why is this happening? We are the target of Planned Parenthood. Margaret Stranger's strategy was to destroy the black community. And she said, Negroes are like weeds. We need to get rid of them. And she had the support of the power elite financial to go into the black community and push a narrative that the best answer to unintended pregnancy is to destroy the baby. W. Du Bois joined her in that message, and she went out and recruited black pastors to join in that message. And now, in the 21st century, through slick advertisement and sophisticated marketing, they have convinced our women that the only answer to unintended pregnancy is to murder their children. That's happening right now. The number one killer in the black community is abortion. More than heart disease, 
more than high blood pressure, more than diabetes, more than accidents, more than murder. All of those numbers put together do not equal the number of abortions that are performed on black women in America. Uh, Black women and black Americans constitute about 12% of the population. When you segregate out women who are able to have babies, the numbers drop precipitously. Almost 6% of the population, black women, have 37 to 40% of all abortions. Is that accidental? No, that's by design. And the Democratic Party and the progressive movement pushed that narrative and pushed that practice into our community. It's time that we as a community have a conversation. Since 1964, the civil rights legislation was signed with the dream of Martin Luther King. That dream has been deferred because of the progressive movement has usurped that dream to push a narrative to destroy our Constitution and rob us of our liberties. And they came a breath hair short of doing it with Hillary Clinton. God bless America that Donald Trump became our president because we were going down the tubes fast. And we see that narrative is still trying to be pushed by the deep state and their attempt to try to usurp the choice of America by undermining this election, by impeaching Donald Trump or having him ruled unfit. But thank God they cannot defeat Donald Trump. I mean, he is smarter than they are, and he has got a hold on this thing. And we're getting ready to expose a bunch of these deep staters and indict them and try them and arrest them and throw them in jail, starting with Hillary Clinton. Yeah, we can start with her and then Barry Satoro can go next. Oh, you know, it's really funny. I got to tell you this. I I had to chuckle on this. I made this meme because, of course, a lot of people said, Sheila, Barack Obama's not going to jail. He's going to Hollywood. He's going over to Netflix. And I had to, I can't ever resist making some hilarious memes. So I I made one. And so you got to picture this, Stephen. It's Barack Obama is behind bars. And this is my caption. So it says Netflix at the top. It says, coming this fall, a Netflix original, Barry Satoro, <laughs> The Road to Guantanamo. Coming this fall, Stephen, The Road to Guantanamo. Coming to a theater near you. But uh, here, here's what Netflix uh, put Susan Rice on their board of directors. And Susan Rice is one of the deep staters who will be charged, indicted, I believe, coming real soon. Now that that Nuez and um, Gowdy, Troy Gowdy, that they are looking at the documents even as we speak right now. And uh, so they're going to find where the FISA decisions were made, who were the spies that were planted in Donald Trump's administration or in his campaign, and who are the deep staters. And I'm telling you, indictments are going to start flowing here in a little while. Stand by. Here they come. John Brennan is already scheduled to stand before a grand jury. Clapper's next. Then after him, then you're going to have James Baker. Then you're going to have Pete Stoick. And then you have Lisa Page. Rosenstein is going to be, I'm telling you, heads about to roll. All of them. And uh, it's going to be a tough ride here for the next several months. Because we need to get buckled down and support our president as he brings these charges against these deep stairs who were seeking to subvert, undermine, and usurp our Constitution. Yeah, you just said something really important, and this is it. Heads are going to roll, because guess what, Stephen? As you guys say in Texas, God is fixing to pull back the curtain and totally expose these devils like never before. I I really think he's just going to rip back the curtain on these, these freaks. 
You got that right. I, I did a, a lesson last night with my uh, Wednesday night Bible study, and it was on uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 2. And it says, that which is covered and hidden shall be revealed. And his strategy to destroy the Jews in Esther chapter 3, 4, 5, and 6, and 7. And we went over how their plan was to kill off the Jews, his plan. But it turned out that their, that plan was turned on him, and he hung from the very gallows that he had erected for Mordecai. I'm telling you, the very plan of the deep staters is being turned on its head, and now they're in trouble. That's why you're seeing running scared right now, because Donald Trump got the ball. They fumbled, he got the ball, and he's getting ready to score. Keep your eyes on what's going on in Washington, D.C. The story of Haman in the book of Esther is an example of what's happening. God is exposing that which once was hidden, and he's revealing the evil that was in our nation. Hillary Clinton, the Clintons, Barack Obama, and his subversion of our Constitution. And CIA, the FBI, the DOJ, the NSA, and the USSS, the United States Secret Service, all of them have indebted deep staters, bureaucrats who are working against our Constitution. God has exposed them. And you got to look at this thing from a spiritual point of view. Most people aren't. They're looking at it strictly from a political view. But you and I see it from a spiritual point of view. God is at work. He offered to America a reprieve, and the reprieve was specifically for us who are in the body of Christ, that we need to get ready for an end-time harvest, because here it comes. Because once people see just how evil this country has been and how they have been duped into believing the democratic narrative, they're going to come running to the church, and we need to get ready. This whole anti-Christ agenda just permeates America. I've never seen anything like what we're seeing right now. This is a spiritual war. There is a war on Christians. I've never seen anything like it. Have you? Uh, No, I haven't. And it, it is part of the narrative of the left. If, in fact, they were going to flip America, they have to marginalize the religious influence. And they have been successful in doing so through political correctness. And they have quieted the church and reduce their influence to nothing among the millennials. They don't even consider Christianity as something even relevant. But through Donald Trump, he stopped the bleeding, and he has reinforced religious liberty, and he has reinforced the fight against uh, the killing of babies, as you saw as he stood before the pro-choice, pro-life women and gave a speech on how he has kept his promise to fight for life. He is reinserting the biblical directive, the divine perspective back into the public square where it has been totally reduced under the Democrats and under the progressive movement. And we were under attack, fueled by the power elite, that evil oligarchy, that money changers who control the wealth of the earth. They know that they cannot be successful if Christianity continues to be the major influencer, particularly in America. They know that. They're killing it, that influence in, in, in Canada. I think he's already dead in Canada. They were seeking to do to duplicate that in America. But God stopped them dead in their track. And I'm telling you, they were shocked out of their minds that Donald Trump won. They were just completely shocked. And they went on the offense with this fusing GPS dossier, which was con- created by John Brennan, the CIA director. And they came after Donald Trump. And now Donald Trump is singing a song, and that song is, I'm still standing, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know that song? Oh, yeah. They threw everything but the kitchen sink at him, and he's still standing. He's still standing. And now he has the ball. They're in deep, deep water. 
You know, I, I compare liberals, their gall contempt to us as conservative Christians. It reminds me of the same gall contempt that the devil has for God's people, those made in the likeness and image of God, because there is nothing but just gall contempt at these people. The discord they sow, the division they sow, it's just absolutely mind-numbing, this agenda. They are just pulling out all the stops. They must be in panic mode because it just never stops. It doesn't end because that's part of their dialectic is to fuel a divide. In order for them to win, they've got to divide us. And quite frankly, there is a divide in America right now. We are a polarized nation. And that little statement, divide and conquer, is true. However, there is an awakening that's happening. There are patriots across this country who have come to realize that they must get off of their asinine charisma, get off of their couches, and be engaged in the pushback. And I've been saying ever since 2010, to the ramparts patriots, we've got to push back. And they're starting to be a push. We see it with InfoWars. We see it with Q. And then there's Jerome Corsi. And there's a number of bloggers and other patriots who are on YouTube and are blogging. And they're pushing a narrative into the public square that heretofore that has not been pushed because of the left-leaning media and all of the CBS, NBC, ABC, NBC, CNN. All of them have been in the hip pocket of the elite, the power elite. And they have been pushing their narrative in order to flip America. And they're still at it. They're still at it. They're trying to censor patriot voices on YouTube and on Facebook and on Google. They're doing everything they can to censor us right now in order to facilitate what they're calling for, which is a blue wave in November. I think they're going to be in for a big surprise. Yeah, I think they're going to be in for a wave, all right. A tsunami of the army of God is going to... You know that scripture? I just thought of it. Um, Isaiah 59. Is it 17? Somewhere in there. Maybe it's 19. You know the one about the devil comes in like a flood, but God raises a standard. Yeah. The army of God is raising up a standard. And you mentioned something so important. Our, our nation's moral decline... I'll tell you something. It's it's not make America great again. We should change that slogan to let's make America moral again. Oh, absolutely. Make make it moral again. And that and that that responsibility falls within the church. That we need pastors, patriotic pastors who are willing to preach the truth, who are not PC, but are BC. Not political correctness, but biblically correct. Amen. And that we preach a message that is biblical in its orientation, that is divine, and from the perspective of God concerning the family, concerning morality, marriage, gender identity, all of that is not being done now because the church has capitulated to political correctness, to the negation of uh, biblical correctness, and certainly constitutional correctness has been kicked under the bus. But there is raising up now. I, I see it right now. And I've been uh, a part of a group called Content of Character. We're moving around the country and speaking to the black community about the need for us to reconnect to our moral bearings, that we need to have a, an adjustment to our moral compass that needs to take place in the church first and foremost, that families need to embrace the doctrines of the Bible. And then when you have the family and the church as the major influencers in the culture, then we can change culture again. Right now, 
Sheila, every major institution in America that influences us is in the hip pocket of the progressive movement in America. Academia, businesses and corporations, major media, government, the church, and the family are all under the influence of the progressive movement in America. There's always a blessed remnant, and certainly I believe I'm a part of that remnant, who is preaching the truth. God will take that remnant, and I believe will mushroom a revival that needs to take place where our moral compass can be recalibrated according to the scriptures, the inerrant, infallible, inspired word of God. Well, that's right, because the inspired word of God has been superseded with this secularism, communism, humanism, because when you kick God to the curb, you replace it with progressivism is what it is. All these ideologies are straight out of the pit of hell. Oh, absolutely. I say that in my book, that socialism, communism, uh, Marxism, Darwinism are all anti-God systems and created by men who were God-haters. Marxist says, my goal in life is to dethrone God and to destroy capitalism. That's precisely what is happening out of the progressive movement. It was Joseph Stalin who said that America is like a healthy body, and its strength is in its patriotism, its spiritual life, and its morality. If we can undermine them in these three areas, he said, America will fall from within. And there is a crashing that's going on, but God has stopped it, Sheila. He stopped it in the 2016 election. He stopped it and gave us a reprieve. Now, what we do with that reprieve will ultimately determine whether America falls or not. And I believe as long as Donald Trump is in office for the next four years, and we pray that he'll get another four years, that there will be an opportunity for us to recalibrate again and influence our millennials who are godless and who have bought into that evil narrative from the progressive. We can convince them that socialism is not the answer. Time is now for us to do that. Well, as a strong black leader in your community, as a highly respected pastor, I mean, do you just shake your head at these absolute neutered pulpiteers that we have, these spineless evangelifish that purvey doctrines of devils, these wolves in sheep's clothing? I mean, I guess that really shouldn't surprise us, should it? Right. It it shouldn't in that uh, we know that the Bible warns us against false prophets. It warns us against uh, wolves and sheep's clothing, and it gives us that warning. And so Satan knows that his best chance for advancing the dark agenda is to influence the church away from its spiritual roots and connection with God. And so it is only natural that he brings the fight to the church. But God says that the gates of hell will not prevail when we rightly connect to God. But what has happened is that because we have been very shallow in our theology and very disconnected from biblical-oriented teaching, false prophets have come in among us, and they're preaching name it and claim it, call it and haul it. God is your genie. Rub the Bible three times and claim your materialism. You get that coupled with the American dream, which I believe the American dream has blinded us to the voice of God and has neutered our capacity to hear God. Now you got pastors preaching name it and claim it, call it and haul it, and the American dream hangs in front of us. We don't hear God anymore. We just see him as some genie in the sky who can give us what we want to satisfy our flesh. And that's what's going on in the church right now. But I believe God is raising up people like you and me and others who are out there, like John the Baptist, a voice crying in the wilderness, make straight your way, for the kingdom of God is at hand. 
Sheila, I believe your ministry and my ministry is the ministry of John the Baptist right now. That's our ministry. Yeah, I agree with that. Out here crying in the wilderness. But hold on a minute, Pastor Broden. Are you saying that God is not your bellhop? (laughs) (laughs) He's not my genie in the sky. I don't rub the Bible three times. I should be getting up every morning and said, Lord, Pastor Broden reporting for duty. What would you have me do to advance your kingdom and your agenda? But what we do, we go up in the morning and say, hi, Jesus, here's what I want. I want a trophy wife. I want a six-figure income. I want a Mercedes Benz, and I want to live in a 10,000-square-foot house. Get that for me. And if you don't get it for me, I'm kicking you to the curb, and I'm going for myself. And then you got a pastor standing in the pulpit saying, so seed into my ministry. Buy my tape, buy my book, and I'll tell you how you can have success with God. Through F-A-I-T-H, faith, and they make faith your ambition and not pleasing God. That's erroneous theology. It's time for some theological preaching now. Yeah, amen to that. A watered-down gospel is no gospel at all. And when you neuter the gospel, boy, oh boy, that's a dangerous place to be. And it's a dangerous place in Christianity when you become a cheap knockoff of the original thing. And that's really what I think we've got today. We don't have a powerful church like in the book of Acts. It's more like the book of quacks. I mean, there is a lateness of the hour. It's time to report for duty, get in the game, get in the battle. There's work to be done here. Oh, absolutely. I, I do agree with you. There's a lot of work to be done. And the work can be done when we partner with God, when we make him our priority. When we make God's agenda, our agenda, and not trying to make him fulfill our agenda, then we can get some things done. And it doesn't take a majority to win. I think Samuel Adams said that. It doesn't take a majority to win, but rather an irate minority keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the hearts of men. And who can do that better than a pastor? And I'm talking about eternal freedom. The word soteria, it's translated in the, in the New Testament as saved, delivered, and rescued. All of that is wrapped up and tied up in our salvific experience. He rescued us from sin, and he rescued us from the wrath of God that is come, that is to come. He delivered us from the control of sin, and he delivered us from the wrath that is to come. He saved us, and all of that needs to be taught. And I believe the time for doing that is now, right now. Here's what Mark Levin says, and I know we're getting close to the end of the show. Mark Levin says this in his book, titled Liberty and Tyranny. He says the remedy for tyranny is conservatism, precisely because its principles are the founding principles. The spirit of 1776 must be resurrected in America, and the church and preachers can make that happen. Yeah, well said, well said. I love this quote in your book. Thomas Jefferson said, an educated citizenry is a vital requisite for our survival as a free people. You're right. You do desire to raise an awareness of the true agendas of the political entities seeking our allegiance. And you lay this out so good in the book. Folks, the book, get it. It's a really easy read, but it's so powerful. It doesn't take long to read. I mean, I just read it in the afternoon and it's really powerful. It's called Pawns of Change, the subtitled The Exploitation of Black Americans by Progressive Liberals. This is a must-read book, I, not just for black people either. I, I really highly recommend everyone get it. I read it. I think it's amazing. Pastor Broden, in the waning moments, give out your information, how folks can get the book. Uh, give out all your information, including how folks can get in touch with you, sir. They can buy my book, and I, and I encourage them to do so. Go to Through People, that's T-H-R-O-U-G-H, people, one word, dot com. 
and you can order it there. Or uh, you can come to my church at uh, Fair Park Bible Fellowship Church whenever you're in Dallas, and I'll have books there, and you can buy them there. Our services are at 11 o'clock Sunday morning, and then we meet uh, on Wednesday at 1321 Rowan Avenue, R-O-W-A-N Avenue in Dallas, Texas. Sheila, when you move to Dallas, we want you to come and visit us, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to pray you into Dallas. We're going to pray you out of Canada into Dallas. I'll tell you what, I might be just down for that. (laughs) Well, listen, Pastor Broden, I really appreciate your time in coming on the program. Thank you for everything you do, sir, your tireless work, pastoring a church. I mean, just everything you do, the advocacy work. And really, I want to so encourage people to get this book because I think it's such an important, as you call it, a dialogue, because you're right, there's so much divide in this country not just blacks and whites, but you know what's interesting? I've always had a real kindred spirit, a, a real connection with the black community. Black people, you know, there's such a powerful spiritual strength in them. That's such a shame to see the deliberate targeting of such a strong spiritual people. And and that's maybe what the, the kindred spirit is, because, you know, some of the most powerful Christians I know are are black Christians and as a pastor and also as a member of the black community. I mean, it must really grieve you, Pastor Broden. It does. It does. But, but Sheila, you know that, that where we are as a community is a deliberate targeting of our community. If they can undermine Christianity in the black community, they're on their way to undermining it across this country. We have been targeted because they saw the strength of our spirituality. They saw how strong we were when we came together under the auspices of our faith with the uh, civil rights movement and Dr. Martin Luther King. They saw how well we held together as a family through slavery and through Jim Crowism and a hundred years of lynching. The thing that held us together was our faith. And so the progressives said we can undermine the black community if we can take their faith away. And that's what they've been doing. Yes, sir. I totally agree. I've got all the information linked there in the description below, folks. The book And also, follow Pastor Broden on Facebook. I've got that linked there as well. Check out his handiwork as well. And I really want to thank you, Stephen, for coming on the program today and also just taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk also about these issues. So thank you so much, sir. I appreciate your time. And do come back and see us again real soon. I will. I will. Thank you, Sheila, for having me. And and please buy the book. If you a white person, buy one for yourself and one for your black friend. Folks, that was Pastor Stephen Broden. I've got all his information linked in the description below. And now that I'm done this show, I am jumping in my vehicle and I'm on my way. I've got about an eight and a half, nine hour drive. Turns out I I looked it up and it's a little longer than I thought. Down to Spokane, Washington to see hopefully some of you out this weekend at the Red Pill Expo where a few of my good friends are going to be this weekend. I'm really looking forward to seeing some of you out there. And of course, some of you are live streaming it. I get it. If it's last minute and you haven't bought a ticket and you want to just get out there for the weekend and come see me, redpillexpo.org, promo code Sheila, you're going to get an incredible discount on your weekend pass, your tickets. It is a great way to connect also with like-minded people. So you feel like going for a drive? Well, drive down to Washington and come and see a whole bunch of great people out there at the Red Pill Expo. For more information, go to redpillexpo.org. 
And we will see you on Monday with the one and only, again, Dr. Erica Shepard joins me on a program that you do not want to miss. So make sure you bookmark www.sheila.media. That's S-H-E-I-L-A dot media. We'll see you again real soon. Good night and God bless you.